0: Welcome, everybody, to the Steve Jordan Experience. I've got an extraordinary show for you today, an experience that you will definitely never forget. I've got with me one of my first mentors, educators, now friend and colleague of over 20 years, Juan Carlos Santana, who really, in my opinion, created functional training. We talk about functional training today, and it's a just a, a name we throw around, but this guy here brought it to the mainstream, made our fitness profession more sustainable, more professional. Without further ado, I'd love to welcome Juan Carlos Santana. All right, my man. How you doing, Steve? I'm awesome, man. You're living in uh, Boca Raton, working, Uh, you know, your angles there, always, you know, entrepreneur, influencer, educator, love and life. What's up with you today?
1: Well, <clears throat> we're coming on the... Um... The 400, all right? Anybody who's ran the 400 knows that that last turn is where you have to reinvest.
0: Yeah, man. I like that analogy. Before
1: that last turn, everybody's figuring out, you know, maybe second place is not that bad, you know? (laughs) Let me see. If this one, if I let this one go and another one, I can take a third place. Third place is not that bad. When the pain starts to hit, the conversations with God and the negotiations
0: begin, right? Mm. That's true. That is, that is the truth. So you're, we passed that that curve. And and, and are you, are you talking in relation to COVID? Uh, Is is this the conversation because of COVID or is this generally speaking?
1: Well, it just so happens that, that COVID also hit almost at a retirement age. Mm. So you have a double whammy. Are Mm. you, are you ready for this? Or do you want to do another 20 years of this? Mm. Haven't you done this long enough? Isn't 40 years long enough? Aren't aren't people retiring after 30 from the armed forces, 25 from IBM or whatever? You know, dude, you've been at this for 40 years, getting your ass kicked. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just sell out, sell, take what you got and do something else? Mm. And then, I'm, and you know, that's and, you and gotta... so let's
0: let's talk about the Institute of Human Performance. This is in Boca Raton. It's a world class uh, training center where you've trained some of the most high level athletes there. Uh, you also have memberships for the locals and the people that come in for the, uh, the the winter birds, if you call them. Tell us a little bit about IHP and then like what that now means to you as you are just relating to it in this like last turn of the 400.
1: Yeah, man, it's been there for 21 years. Uh, 21 years, we're the oldest gym in Boca. And, um, and you're, you, you know, we, we serve as a community gym, but it's on steroids mm. because we do international education. I've written 18 books. We have an international mentorship with 30 different universities, you know? And although has that slowed down, it's still there. You know, we get a, a mentor, uh, uh, an internship here and an internship there, but from all over the place. We have a mentorship where people come from all over the world to spend a week with us, three days with us to learn our training system. So we are a content creating machine. We're big on social media. You know, we got 70,000 followers, almost a hundred thousand followers. We have about uh, 2 million views. Um, I think a, uh, a day, something like ridiculous with, with our hard hitting videos or the higher level ones. We'll have 2 million views and, uh, and so on and so forth. I mean, so we're, we're a machine, we're a machine, but, you look at us, and we're 7,200 square feet. It's not like we're ominous, you know, 70,000 square feet with oak. No, no, no. We don't We don't have pools. We don't have babysitting. We have, don't have saunas. We are what you need, the real deal. The, no fluff. And it's a beautiful gym. It's uh, renovated. We have Techno Gym, for the most part, uh, full, fully uh, in, in, endorsed. in
0: Yeah, techno. Have you ever been out to their headquarters in, in Italy? Yeah, yeah. In yeah, 20- me too. I- when i got sponsored by
1: techno gym um we did uh, a year and a half and i went to italy to bologna uh, italy
0: three times isn't it amazing i was there a couple years ago they invited me out there i was going to open up actually the first you ever hear of skill athletic um they were expanding and doing this uh kind of like a almost like a crossfit but more within line with what they're doing and i was going to open the first one up in la a few years ago and they invited me out there and What an extraordinary space that place is. Man, it's like a museum. Insane. That warehouse where you sit at the top. the
1: top and look down. You can see the the trucks coming in 200 yards away. And then the whole assembly line. And you see the final product out the other end. Yeah. 300 yards of warehouse. It's like, who built this thing? And it was insane. So, yes. It is. So IHP is, um, is my temple. It's my church. It's where I go to do my thing. And what is my thing? My thing is my thing is coaching, Steve. Mm. And you said something, you know, um, because I thought about this oftentimes. And, and five years ago, I would have said, man, you know, when, when are you going to give this up? You know, this is a young man's sport. It's not a young man's sport. Mm. It's not a young man's sport. It's an old man's sport. Why? Because what do we do in personal training? Now, if you're training in in maybe Beverly Hills, where it's all aesthetics and stuff like that, maybe that's a different gig. But where we are, what do we do? We will have parents bring their kids. And what we do is we're we're not going to get those kids to go division one because they're not that kind of talent. The parents bring them to us to for us to be part of the village that raises the child. Why? Because the child has lost the village. We Mm. got social media. We got YouTube. We got rap. We got all this garbage. And the parents just want a good surrounding for their kids. They want a third-party endorsement of the principles they're trying to instill in their homes. So that's not a young man's game. Because how do you talk to a 14-year-old? How do you raise a child? Have you raised a child, Mr. 23 year old personal trainer? What are you talking about? You're still hunting ass in the nightclubs yep. you're still posting, you know, uh, pictures of yourself with your tongue down this chick's throat, getting drunk. You're <laughs> And you're going to mentor this kid. N- negative, buddy. Negative. I,
0: I could, I agree. And I'm glad you you, you stood, you know, standing corrected. Uh, you're right. And I actually, it's funny because I started to switch my title from a, uh, health and fitness instructor or personal trainer or whatever i used to use to you know tell people what i did to now i say i'm a health and fitness coach and i use coach as coach. my as my title yeah coach is
1: probably uh, among the the um uh, the jargon that's used you know colloquially i think coach is more accurate in in what coaches do coaches bring teams together mm-hmm. coaches uh, make teams perform Coaches encourage and motivate individuals to be part of a machine. That's bro. That's a big talent. Why did Vince Lombardi, what was it that he said in 20 minutes that would take 52 sheep and turn them into 52 lines? Hmm. It wasn't football. It wasn't football. What did Angelo Dundee say to Ali in, 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 in between rounds against... Joe Frazier against Kenny Norton, you know, against Foreman. What did he say? Move to your left and jab? Never. It was just some words, some wise words of effort related to effort, how to perceive effort, how to perceive the challenge at hand. Mm -hmm. You know, this is your time. Mm -hmm. You know, he's tired. This is when you have to press. It's not move to your right and throw the one-two combination. You know, it's not that technical stuff.
0: Yeah. It's always
1: life inspiring. You know, you have a 52-year-old attorney that wants to play better golf. He sucks at golf right now. He wants a 25-year-old that can't speak politics, that can't speak life. He's got marriage problems. He's got kid problems. He's got business problems. He's got financial problems. He's got COVID shit. Okay? And and who are you going to throw at him? The twenty-five-year-old that's posting on Instagram about the, the the third girl he dated this week, mm-hmm. no, bro, no, he won't. He won't. That kid will not last at IHP for two minutes. For mm-hmm. two minutes. Number one, we check social media. You post that shit, you're gone. The so the, hey, you're free to post it, and I'm free to fire you. Mm-hmm. Period. And I tell him flat out, okay, if you're about the nose ring and the cling, 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 I go. If I can hear it. If I can smell it and you're getting compliments about it, I don't want it on you. It's not about you. This Mm -hmm. is not a fashion show. This is nothing. Okay? This is not about you. This is about the client. Mm -hmm. So if you could fade into the ground, into the wall, outside of your motivational and inspirational presence, energy, if your physicality, your physical
0: being can, can fade into the walls, I would love that. Mm. So tell me how you manage, like, like what, or not you manage, but social media, right? You look at social media, and this bothers me: the people who find the influencers, the educators, the coaches, the people who they want to learn from, are these people putting on what we used to call sexy exercises? Remember that it was you know things that will look good for a show, for a like, for a comment, but not that everybody is going to be able to do, not that 95% of everybody's going to do. Right. What do you say to these kids that think that that's most important, this up-and-coming generation of trainers and fitness professionals? I, I'm not even talking to them.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm
1: talking to the 1% that walk that have the balls to walk into IHP for a job. Mm-hmm. That's who I'm talking about. So that kid won't walk into IHP because they probably already heard that we're hard asses when it comes to that mm-hmm. and that we're legit. You know, man, I had a, my, one of my 21-year-olds that's doing an internship right now. Walk a receiver down our track, outdoor track, carrying um, uh, heavy dumbbells and resisted at the waist with a little rubber band. So he's doing farmer's carries for 40 yards, uh, resisted and unresisted. And I'm going, all right, I just, I just picked my shot, took a picture of it. And yesterday, Tuesday, at our, our employee meeting, we have Tuesday employee meetings, some meetings is cleanup, some meetings, education, some meeting is like yesterday was, let's talk. I buy lunch for the whole staff and we just talk. And I said, guys, okay, why are we doing this exercise? It's not good or bad. I just want to know why. Mm-hmm. And, it was, and it was basically a seminar. And it's a, it's a, I go, look, if you want clicks, fine. If you want people to go, oh, look, farmers care, it's fine. What are you doing it for? Grip strength. Really? Grip strength? Grip strength for what? Because grip strength for golf, that, you're not going to improve it for there. Yeah, it, you might get a little stronger. They may improve. But, but we're looking for optimal, optimal exercises, not effective. Because if you take a couch potato and you do nothing but burpees, he's going to do anything better. He's going to yeah. get in shape. He's going to be strong. He's going to be fitter. But is that, is that how you want to train a couch potato? No. We have more specific ways to train people and graduate them and progress them. So the, they're always at a level seven, but what they can do at a level seven or eight today was 11 a month ago.
2: Hmm.
1: So there's no throwing up at IHP. There's, there's none of that ah, fainting. No, if, some, some, if that happens, I'm after the trainer. What happened? What happened? Did you over progress this person? Because there shouldn't be that kind of suffering. Not if you're a good trainer. And I'm not saying, dude, I train special forces. We trained the team that took down bin Laden. We trained the team that went into Saddam Hussein's castle to, to uh, help Delta Force when they got stuck in there. So we train some badasses. We train Gilbert Burns getting ready for uh, uh, Hamza Shamayev here April the 9th, okay? So we train some badasses, and they don't vomit. They don't get nauseous. If they have to go to the bathroom, usually I'm following them because hmm. I want to make sure they're not vomiting. Mm-hmm. Not that there's a sin uh, at vomiting. It's just, I want to make sure that I didn't do something wrong. Because if they're vomiting, I did something wrong.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love so, that.
1: So we went to this farmer's carry. And it turns out that they didn't know what the farmer's carry did. And they didn't know the different things about specificity of gripping. Pinch grip, grab grip, or hook grip. Which, what grip are you talking about? And what's used in grappling? What kind of gripping are you used in baseball? What kind of gripping is used in throwing? Water polo. I train water polo guys. Pitchers. Is it, oh, is that farmers' carry? I don't think so. I don't think so. Totally different. So, do you want to do some general all the time? Or do you want to say, you know, may, I may do some, you know, farmers' grip maybe to get them two or three weeks just used to some hard stuff, but that's not going to be my, my go to stuff. He's not a he's not a strong man. So I got other stuff that's very, very, very specific. Okay, now if you're talking about compressing the body, okay, if you're talking about bone mineralization for osteoporitic people, if you're talking about just general core stiffness during ambulation and compression of the breathing apparatus, so you can't intercostal breathe very comfortably. to force you to use your diaphragm to breathe. If you want to talk about that, then we got a conversation. Then we have a conversation. But just to throw that for gripping the standard talking points, you can't You can't do the talking points at IHP, man. You get plastered at meetings. Not plastered, but you get called out in a very professional and compassionate way. Because I'm not about dogging a 21-year-old that's doing his best. Hmm. The conversation is like I would have with my son. And my son works for me. And manages the place. So our thing is very aggressive, very respectful, very compassionate. But you but you you will get called out. You will have to defend
0: your training. Your I training. Love I love that. I and this is what I love about you. And this is, you know, it brings a smile in my face. It, you're no bullshit. Like you are a a a true tr- a true professional in the sense that you stay clear, you stay focused to what you know is right and you're passionate about that, you don't look, you're not looking at the shiny penny where again, this kind of goes back to that conversation about all these shiny pennies, all these things outside that look nice, that look cool, that look fancy, that look like they're you know gonna give me likes and it's it's gonna be great for filmography and uh, pictures. You're just like, we gotta get the job done. We're looking for that specificity. And what I liked what you said, optimization. Optimization is the key word there. I love that. And-
1: or is it optimal yeah
0: yeah that's the that's that's the effective word you know? I want to know who juan Carlos was as a child in maybe college prior to all of this who was he like where where did this knowledge this passion about exercise movement education come from? Dude, ever since i was
1: i can remember four or five o'clock four or five years of age, I'd like two things. I I used my dad used to follow boxing in Cuba. He used to take me to boxing matches. I used, used to sometimes get gloves signed by fighters. Mm. They were they were gods to me, and my heroes in in the media, if you will, because we had black and white, you know, and comics. That's all black and white TV and comics was always men like Samson, Tarzan, Hercules, you know, R- Greg Parks and all those guys, uh, Johnny mm-hmm. Weismiller. You know, those dudes were my heroes because they could jump from trees and hang on uh, on vines and and collapse coliseums with chains and shit. and of course you got to fight the the lion you know mm-hmm. if you can fight a lion with your bare hands and choke them my god i i never had like superman and batman and uh, special and x-men number one they weren't around number two uh, that 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 wasn't my thing you know mm-hmm. so i was always infatuated by what a strong body and capable body could do always in love with that. The other, the other things were always drumsticks, hmm. you know? So if I had sticks in my hands, I was beating something. So my two loves are music and movement.
2: Hmm. Which I go hand studied, in hand.
1: Yeah. I never studied music. Although I picked up the drums and percussion. Cause that's the easiest thing to pick up without reading music. And so I'm a percussionist, a frustrated percussionist and drummer uh, by, by love, not even by skill or, Education, uh, and then the, uh, of course um, uh, I'm an engineer by education. Where did you go? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Miami. I, I came from Cuba. Spent two years in California. I arrived in Miami in '69. I got here in '67. Arrived in Miami in '69. Went to you know all the Miami schools. If you're from Miami, you'll know Citrus Grove, Ada, Merritt, Kinlock Park, Miami Senior High. As Miami as Miami gets. I mean. In the middle. (laughs) So, and then I went to Miami-Dade Community College, FIU, uh, U of M, tried to play football for U of M when Jim Kelly was playing and uh, Schnellenberger was there in in his first uh, national title. So I had my stint, you know, with a helmet and shoulder blades, uh, shoulder, uh, shoulder pads on. And let me tell you, bro, I fought full contact. I mean, if I don't have 300 fights underneath me, I don't have one from judo and wrestling and kickboxing and boxing. And let me tell you, those hits from football are a different animal than a kick to the head. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I take punches, right hands to the nose, uh, fractured, you know, orbital bones in and no- nose. I take all that shit, man. I, I, bring it. You give me a helmet, bring it. Bro, let me tell you, running into Jim Kelly, center for New York Giants, or nose guard for New York Giants, he was our nose guard. Running into that dude, head first, with about five yards full on straight running down the middle. Boom. It's like running into a wall. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. So you take a helmet and get back about four yards and full speed, put your head down and run into a wall and tell Mm -hmm. me how many times you're going to take that. Mm -hmm. It was once one spring practice. And after that I was done. It's, it's a different, it's a different level of abuse.
0: Yeah. I played football since pop Warner. I was captain of my football, my senior team, and uh, I was a running back, a defensive back. And um, I remember when I was playing Pop Warner, we had this thing. Do you remember Bull in the Ring? Yeah. Right? So people don't, they don't do that anymore at practice. So bowl in the Ring, you get the you know guy in the middle and they call out your number and you got to go in and just mash, just yeah. mash. I remember my my uncle, my Uncle Tony sitting on the sideline um, and we're playing Bull in the Ring and there was this guy, we uh, uh, Joe... I forget his last name, but, um, he, we just call him Brahma bull and he has neck guard. He's real, you know, big fifth grade, sixth grade. He was bigger than everybody else. And I got in there and he just mashed me. And I'd like, I got up dazed and confused seeing stars, you know, my bell rung, which is what they call it. Right. Yeah. And my uncle, like, I think I was crying and my uncle like comes over and he's like, you don't let him hit you hard. You like get if he gets you, if you get knocked down, you get right back up. And I want to say that was one of the best lessons in life, not just football, but in life. Like you get knocked down, you get back up. And football, as tough as it is, if I have a son, as I told you, my wife is expecting in a few months, we don't know what the sex is going to be yet until birth. Um, you know, I'd want him to play football, but I know that there's that, you know, the concussion syndromes now, and who knows, but um. You know, it's a great sport to learn life. It's a, I, I love it. I miss it a lot. It's a great yeah, sport. I would,
1: I would, I would encourage uh, kids to encourage, I would encourage them the way my mom encouraged me. Why don't you get something less violent than boxing and wrestling and judo? How come you like all this violent stuff? I said, cause I don't want to wear white tight shorts, <laughs> you know? and hit a and hit a one ounce ball Mm -hmm. i don't want to do that you know well can you play golf (laughs) if i knew then what i know now baseball golf tennis all would have been better choices than what i got because nobody cuts a deal in the ring yeah let's talk about it you know put on some gloves and put on the headgear and we'll bash each other's brain and we'll see about you know buying that 20 million dollar uh you know shopping center
0: yeah i know what you're talking about
1: what i'm saying so I would have, I would have at least learned golf because that is something you can do the rest of your life. It's a gentleman's sport. Yeah. Yeah. And, and big deals get cut on, you know, on the, on the back nine, you know what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah. The, 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 but anyways, back to, uh, so sorry, I I interrupted with that little story, but I wanted to share that conversation, man. And, And you gotta be able to go into tangents and bring it back. If not, you can't be a presenter. Yeah. Right. So, or a good conversationalist, right? Because what is the point to begin with? What was the original point? you got to remember that. So I, I, I loved the physical prowess of, of uh, a good fit body. And then when I got to uh, California, I played my first uh, regulation sport, which was t-ball. Mm. But I always chased my parents to sign me up. It was something that I loved to do. you know. And my parents, seeing that I love sports, they signed me up. So I played all the sports got into junior high, I I wrestled, I did track, got into high school, I wrestled, uh, then left, uh, um, um, finished, uh, I didn't take 11 scholarships in wrestling, because I want to study uh, medicine, so I I got into the scholastics, because I didn't do any scholastics in high school, I just did wrestling, right, so I left high school, I couldn't do algebra, although I had taken algebra five straight years, I still couldn't do algebra, I didn't know chemistry, never taken a chemistry course, you know, and so on and so forth, so I went to Miami-Dade Community College and spent the first year getting out of my rudimentary introductions to X, Y, and Z. I couldn't Mm -hmm. even take X, Y, and Z. I had to take introductions that were not even good for for credits. Mm -hmm. Introduction to chemistry, introduction to algebra, introduction to everything. So went through through all that, then got back into into, uh, fighting, um, just, you know, because I always loved it. Studied engineering at U of M, studied engineering at uh, Florida Atlantic University, Left school, toured with my band to get that out of the way. Toured with the band for four years, had two hits, local and some national. Uh, I had my own label. So I was one of those original guys that had their own labels mastered. I mastered, I cut music in the same studio where Gloria Stefan and Miami Sound Machine cut all their stuff. Wow. Cool. Their engineer, Eric Schilling, was my engineer. Their drummer that wrote Dr. Beat Conga and Rhythm's Gonna Get You, Kiki. He was my boy in ninth grade, and we used to play the drums in my house, him and I. I used to play the con, because he would sit on my drum kit, and then we'd switch over. So that was kind of my upbringing. I got, up, I got I brought up in that, right? Uh, when I was boxing, I trained in the Duran camp for uh, Aaron Pryor. No, I'm sorry. Duran camp for the second Sugar Ray Leonard, and I trained in the Alexis Arguello camp for the second Aaron Pryor.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard is a friend and a colleague. He's been on the show before. So I trained with Duran. You know, Ray. Ray's uh, awesome.
1: Yeah. You know, good, good guys. All of them good guys. They had what they had and they did what they did, but they're, they're all good, good, good people, you know? And uh, so I did, I did some real heavy boxing with real heavy people. And I learned more about the coaching than I did in boxing. Cause I was never that, that great. I was never world-class. I was never even national uh, champion class. I was maybe ranked nationally, but then maybe in the top 20 in different sports. So I was always into sports um, went to medical school, went to engineering, worked as an engineering tech at FPL, and I go, oh, this ain't for me. Then toured with the band, and saw how hard that and nasty and dark that business was. Opened a bar, two and a half years, went bankrupt on the bar because, of course, if you're drinking, your profits—that's not a good business plan, you know. And I was still young in my twenties, so I was partying. Then went back, to, had real, had my first son. That that straightened me out like that, like that. I mean everything the partying the drugs the women the nights out i mean that ended boom immediately Hmm. and and fatherhood hit me like a ton of bricks for all for the good went back to school finished a master a bachelor's a master's started my doctorate opened up a little gym and the rest is history i've written 18 Hmm. books toured the world i've circled the world maybe 50 times you know, toured for 11 straight years internationally, doing about 30 international dates a year.
0: I mean, I remember uh, at, a, at a specific time during the early 2000s. Uh, for that decade or more. I mean, you were the number one fitness influencer and educator and, and star power that would have at all the trade shows. I mean, if you showed up, if your name was on that marquee, I mean, your name was highlighted on that marquee. If your name was on there, like people were showing up to see you, like you'd have thousands of people showing up to your classes at an URSA or a perform better conference. Like, you were the star. and that's what I loved about you, but you were so humble, so real. So then there's so many other educators who also have a lot of that flair. but there was something unique about you. Um, it, it was authentic, real, vulnerable that it, it, that many others didn't. Maybe their flair and their their personality shined through more in a different way. But yours was just like like you could re- you're relatable, I guess is the best way. I always
2: my feet on the ground,
1: man.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I, I've been guilty of, of um,
1: you know, not thinking straight and making errors and uh, probably been guilty at some point in time of thinking that I'm bigger than I am. But, you know, during my darkest days and stuff like that. Uh, but I always tried to, to be the man that my parents raised. And I, I have failed on that a couple of times, but I've admitted it. I've apologized to those that needed apologies and even to those that didn't need apologies because I understand that the apology is you're forgiving yourself. Hmm. So I always tell my children, you're going to make mistakes. But to be a good person is is not to live mistake free. But to make mistakes and do three things, it's really simple because, you know, I'm about four pillars. (laughs) I'm about three progressions. As, As small as the number can get, I'm good because I'm simple. I go, admit it apologize and change your behavior learn that's it and whoever's not happy with that that's their problem okay admit it you don't have to verbally admit it your actions will will do it Uh, uh, a a roll of the eyes a smile you know a gesture a handshake anything like that could be an admission anything like that could be an apology Mm -hmm. and the biggest apology is to apologize to yourself to forgive yourself for what you did because that's the biggest burden we all carry it's Mm. not what people think about us yeah we manifest that but the real the real real thing that keeps you up at night is that little guy talking to your shoulder telling you you're a piece of shit Mm. and we all have that guy and unless you know that that guy and and understand that that guy is part of you that's the little guy he's afraid he's he's afraid he's the coward in you and more than anything, he needs love. He needs compassion. He needs understanding. He needs space. He doesn't need betrayal. He doesn't need a barrage of you're a piece of shit. No. He, he, he needs understanding. I understand why we're afraid. Chill. Relax. Feel it. Be afraid. Be afraid. But nothing's going to happen. But I want you to be afraid so you can understand that nothing's going to happen. And then when you understand that nothing's going to happen, then the fear will subside. And that's, that's the big lesson with all of us, with all of us. So that's who I am. That's how I got here. And let me tell you, I am, this is my, this was my schedule yesterday. I wanted to show you. Wow. (laughs) Those were training clients. Wow. Six in a row with a one hour break. Okay. And I did a live in that hour. Mm. So, bro, I'm training now as as much as I was training when I was 30, when I was 40, you know, and when I'm in the gym, people know, because I'm Jack, bro. And I'm sometimes tired, you know, because I have a little bit of insomnia that hits me every once in a while. And I'm trying to get that under control because again, your insomnia is you. Mm -hmm. It's, it's you. It's how you see stress, but I'm not even stressed out. Yes, you are. There's something in you that that's uncomfortable. And that keeps you up at night. You may not know what it is. So you call it insomnia and you don't understand it. Fine. You don't understand. But but there is something in
0: there for you to discover.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, I, I'll, I'll and take- what are the, And what is
0: that stress for you right now, if you don't mind being open?
1: I, I would say it's usually just financial stress because everything else is good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I had to go in debt. You know, COVID cost me $600,000. Mm. It cost me my international business which was a, a, a golden goose, okay? <laughs> a golden goose. And that dude would just golden eggs left and right. 300,000 a year, gone for two years and a couple of months now, gone. Now we're getting our first mentors back in May. We used to have 50, 60 mentors a year paying $2,500. We have three in May thank god so we're starting to see mm-hmm. some people from south america willing to take the trip we don't know about europeans yet but at least south americans are willing to take the trip you know and if i can go from from 0 to 10 i'll be happy <laughs> because mm-hmm. i used to be at 60 and then when it, when you go from 60 to 0 instantaneously i mean i was expecting 12 from china in january and they canceled on me 20 18 was it 28 no 2019 December hmm. they were already planned 12 and 12 I was already ready to go with Joey Antonio with the ISSN Nova University the trip over there we have ready with Sanford MMA because we send them a, a day over there they get to train with the guys they get to uh, have privates and you know we we treat them really really well right they canceled 12 Chinese canceled. We were having problems getting visas for them because of military issues in the eight, 18 and 17. Uh, but but in 2019, shit got
0: bad, man. Got bad. <laughs> yeah, that can relate. And I know a lot of people can relate, too. Yeah. Where is the biggest market uh, for your international groups that come in for mentorship?
1: Right now, South America. We got two coming from Argentina and one coming in from Colombia. Got it. So, yeah, Argentina seems pretty hot. Colombia seems pretty hot. Venezuela's is hot those in mexico
0: mm-hmm. would you where where would you say that some of the uh the newer kind of the evolution of a, of a of an area growing in the fitness profession like I know that my wife is Japanese and in Japan it's becoming fitness in the way that we know it today is becoming more popular um where would you say in your opinion is that happening
1: um more than anything well you have you have certain uh, recreational trends, for mm-hmm. example, triathloning and marathon running and long distance running is huge. Trail running is huge. So right there, soccer obviously is big. Um, believe it or not, since I'm in the MMA world, the MMA is growing in all countries. Oh yeah. So so we got some big bangers now from all these little countries that you're going. Damn, Mexico's producing some incredible. We, we got champions now. You know, Mexican-born champions, mm-hmm. not. Mexican-American like Cain Velasquez. No, we have now Moreno, who, who was Mexican-born. We have Chito. We have Panzanillo, We have all these guys that are Argentinian, Mexican, Colombian, and they're, they're coming. So that MMA is, is a big sport up and coming. Uh, of course, like I said, the soccer, you have that. But um, I'll tell you, COVID has helped us because people more and more care about their health. Not just how they look. So now they're talking about blood work. Now they're talking about glucose. Now they're talking about diabetes. Because if you're obese, if you're diabetic, and something rolls around, and let me tell you, COVID 19, it's not the last one we'll see. It's not even the worst one we've seen. It's the one that we screwed up the greatest because the management it has been horrendous. We should put everybody in the American government in jail for what they've done. And I am not shitting you, in jail, in jail, every single one of them, every single one of them that had anything to do with the policies that we accepted and the science that we followed, which was absolute bullshit, it was a lie. And now we're seeing it from mask to social distances, lie, lie, to how it's transmitted, lie, lie. We were washing our hands, washing our noses, washing everything, lie everything now we know is a lie and out of the first 800,000 people that died who I want to know who got ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or azithromycin who got those therapies that we know are very very successful at treating people if you get them within the first day or two how many of those 800,000 deaths okay went to went to the hospital to die with those therapies There's not a documented case that anybody can bring out. So so why weren't we listening to the doctors that were saying hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, azithromycin, vitamin Z, mineral Z, vitamin D3. Where were they they were, they were canceled. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm pro-vaccination because it has its place. It has its place. But we are the guinea pigs, make no mistake about that, because sure. the state FDA is five years, 20,000 subjects. We didn't have that. We didn't have that because of emergency medical use. So Pfizer goes from making $2 billion to making $20 billion with a drug that they don't have to release. They don't release the formulation, so you can't study it, okay? And they're not liable if anything happens, because it's not FDA-regulated. So, dude, are you shitting me? They should all go to jail. Yeah. They should all go to jail.
0: It's, 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 I, your, your sentiment is very similar to the ones here in California as well. It's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a challenge. It's a challenge, you know, it's a, To think about it, but actually right now, as we speak, my mom has COVID. Uh, They just got back from a cruise. They went to Panama, um, the Panama canals and that whole area. And they came back and my mom's got COVID. And she's like, it's, you know, it's like a bad cold. She's like, I had a little fever and sleeping it off. And I think my dad has it as well. But, you know, they're 73. They don't have optimal health (laughs) or anywhere near that. So, but, you know, they're on some kind of uh, antibiotic. My mom said that's supposed to help and she seems to feel better. So my, my girlfriend, I had
1: it. And, you know, I kind of beat it, but I ended up with pancreatitis, which may have been related, but the doctor said unrelated. So Mm. it may have been related to the COVID I had. And I went to the hospital to get checked up. They found out that I had pancreatitis, kept me there for two or three days, no medications, no nothing, and released me. My girl had uh, COVID and she's at the mall shopping. Mm. 68-year-old mom had COVID. She's at public shopping. Mm. Now... My girlfriend just got put down for 17 days with an upper respiratory infection. It wasn't COVID. Mm. She tested negative. Mm. How do you like that? Wow. So she eats COVID up, and she gets some kind of flu, cold, whatever the hell you want. Upper respiratory had her crying at day number 12. Mm-hmm. Crying because she wasn't getting any better. Azithromycin for five days, nothing. Nothing touched it. Mm. So go figure.
0: Yeah. You know, it, it's 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 a it's a it is a wild, wild west. And that's what's been a shame. And now we're getting into, you know, more politics into the, uh, the Russian, you know, the Russian uh, and Croatia. It's a bad situation there, too. And gas prices. I don't know how they are in Florida. But man, here they're like over six dollars a gallon. It's pe- people are going crazy. I just paid four
1: thirty-four Um Last week, I paid one hundred and eleven dollars. It was at four sixty nine. One hundred eleven dollars to fill up my navigator. This uh, week was a little bit less, about eighty some odd dollars. I waited less time to fill it, but the prices had come down thirty cents. Mm. So you know, at Costco, it's four thirty-four. Right? It, it was anyways when I filled it up the, a few days ago. But yeah, I, I hear in California, it's it's bad. It's bad. You know, and, and now this because we got a war.
0: Yeah. Right. And this this brings me to you know the. Conversation that we had uh, off off the record here when we were first talking, we were just kind of connecting. You know how oftentimes people in our industry, people from the outside, whether it's clients or uh, other fitness professionals, see us as these beacon of lights, right? And that's what we want to project but they think that it's always sunshine, rainbows, and butterflies. They think that owning a gym is a profitable center, an easy thing to do. Being a personal trainer is an easy thing to do. Like, you know, you don't have this schedule, whatever it is. Um, I want you to mystify that. I want you to talk about the truth here. You being a truthful, honest, vulnerable person, tell us what it is like. Um, I I will, you know, just briefly share mine. Like, it's tough, man. I, I, you know, in hindsight, 2020, would I do it again? Yes. Maybe not exactly the same way I did. I'd have a different strategy, you know, to take some of the pressure off of myself and maybe have a partner or maybe some investors or something like that. But, you know, talk about it. What has been the what has been that? And you talked about stress and the insomnia. What's been that stress like for you over the past 20 plus years owning IHP? Dude, it's here's
1: I made a classic mistake. Okay, the classic mistake is, ooh, I love to cook and I love to entertain. Let me buy a restaurant. Mm -hmm. oh i love fitness i love movement i love to train let me open a gym running a gym and training people are different things okay cooking for your family and friends and putting together a beautiful feast in your house and running a restaurant figuring out perishables everything everything coordinating your staff the, the looks the design how you treat your cusp all this shit man It's a different world. It's a different animal. It's like living. It's like a bird and a fish. Yeah, you're both animals, but bro, it's different worlds. So the thing is that that my lectures and my education hit so big that I could run the gym and fund it. Okay? I never learned how to run a gym. Mm. I just threw money at it. So that is not a good strategy for a successful business. So my bank account doesn't match my success and my knowledge in in fitness. And it's fine. You know, I just bought a little place with my fiance. Life is good. I'm not rolling in helicopter, you know, private plane money because I don't need that. But I would like to be a little bit more financially independent than I am currently. Fine. You know, I'm fine, but I could use a little bit more cushion to kind of a couple of more zeros to kind of go to sleep a little easier. I think that that would that's what's bothering me. Okay, so that. So right now I told my my son, we are now now learning how to operate a gym.
2: Hmm. When was
1: the last time that you reconciled the bank account and looked at all of the expenses on the credit card and see how many memberships you're not even using anymore? And see who may be billing you that that you don't even know. How many? You've never done it. This is what it takes to run a gym. Mm -hmm. You got to be an accountant. You got to be a bookkeeper. Although you have bookkeepers and accountants, you got to learn the language and you got to learn the practice because you got to monitor that in between filings. And you got to monitor that in between bank reconciliations from your bookkeeper. So, you know, where is my money coming from? Where is it going? How come we we're 5,000 under? How come we're still pulling money from the SBA loan? Okay? If we're doing so good, how come all oh, because of this because that okay, fine, fine. Okay, how can we reduce these costs? You know? Oh, you have old credit card debt because from the 2009-2010, we who anybody who survived survived on credit cards from that crash. So I piled up a shitload of debt. I'm still paying that debt off. Hmm. So now I got to look at SBA loan versus credit card loan, credit Mm -hmm. card loan, 16%, SBA loan 3.7, but you don't want to mess with your operational capital because if things get, get thin, you need that money there, but you want to pay off the 16% that you're getting banged on because that's costing you $400 in interest every month. Mm -hmm. So these are the things that if you're a personal trainer and you want to get a little space, well, you're going to have little problems. And the bigger the space, the bigger the problems. And trust me, they're problems that you are not trained to handle. That doesn't mean you can't learn, but you better be willing, and know that you're going to have to take them on because you can't throw money at them. The mm-hmm. hole is so big on rent and payroll that no matter how much you make with books and with, and that should be your, your retirement money anyways. That should be your house money. It should be patch up the, the you know the bleeding wound money and that's what I did for 17 years hmm. and it's only been the last two years that I have learned learned how to run a business and I'm not there yet but we're getting there we're getting there awesome so it is very satisfying in the sense that you're in total control you're in total control you make your own policies you make your own investments you sell what you need to sell you price at how you see it price you hire who you want you fire who you want so you get to mold this animal but understand that it's a beast, and understand that it's a wild animal, and it can bite you in the ass and take your arm off at any given time via COVID, via a war, via gas prices, via anything, a crash in the market. That animal, that little tiger that you slept with when he was a little cub, that thing will take your face off if it gets a flashback of it being an animal. So understand that it will happen before before you sell the place, and it's not for the week, man. I mean, this, COVID tested me, tested me. I said they got to carry me out of here in a pine box. Mm. I'm going to go into debt to save this. I'll get out of debt. I'll get, I've gotten out of debt before. I'll get out of debt, but they're not taking my gym from me. This is this is the vehicle that allows me to leave this planet a little better than I found it. Or at least try to. That's my attempt. You know? How many trainers have I trained through my educational things? How many people have they touched? How many people have come into IHP in crutches, left walking? In wheelchair, left in crutches? How many? It's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. Hundreds of thousands. You, how can you not at, at, at your deathbed say, all right. I'm ready to go because I did my gig and I did it authentically. I didn't give in. I got up, I got knocked down and I got up, you know, and that's something you learn from hard sports and even from sports. Cause look, if you're down three sets in tennis, you're getting your ass beat, man. It takes a huge, a huge mass of, of, of brain and willpower to get out and then win three in a row. You know, you, you got to turn that shit on when, when, you, when you're all about beat. And I don't care if it's golf. I don't care if it's tennis. It's competition. Competition teaches you how to get up. So when I see all these little trophies for all of these, you know, medals for all places, no, second sucks. And that sucky feeling is what makes you better to overcome that and and, and, and use that fear, use that pain and teach you how to redirect negative energy because it's not negative, it's just energy. Is it negative gasoline or just gasoline? No, it's gasoline. Mm -hmm. You can burn a house with it or you can fuel a car with it. How do you want to direct the use of it? So fear, anger, all that, it's just energy. If you let it paralyze you as fear, then you've burned the house. You've sprayed gasoline in your house and you lit the fire. There you have it. But if you take that gasoline and you bottle it up and you put it in your car and now you're able to get to Miami to work, you go, all right, I know how to use gasoline now. It's not that dangerous thing that they say, well, it's dangerous if you misuse it, but it's very, very positive if you can direct that appropriately. That's what hardship teaches you. COVID taught us that. You know, that, that no, I'm, I'm, I took the first loan, I took the PPP, I took the second loan, and now I'm taking a third loan. Why? Because I want to reshape my finances so I can save some interest so I can think more like a businessman instead of a guy who's got money. And you know, no, you got to think like a businessman, a gym owner. Mm-hmm. So if you're starting a gym, understand that you're, you're basically raising a beautiful, exotic animal, but understand that that's an animal. At any given time, that animal can have a flashback and take your shit out. Out, be ready for it, because it will happen. It's not a matter of of if; it's a matter of when. Especially a business that is so dependent on your society, your community, the national the national uh, climate, whether it's economic, political, um, health, all of that can can impact you. And in and in one weekend. You can go from a thriving business to losing $20,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Be, be, be ready to have some cash. You have to have operational capital.
0: Don't spend it all on the car. Well said, well said. Where do you see the industry in five years?
1: Oh, in five years, you know, I think that all the social media
0: is um,
1: is going to do its thing, you know, but people are already getting sick of social media. They're making fun of social media. They're making fun of influencers, dude. I train one of the baddest influencers on the pla- on the planet. Rio actually trains him. Uh, uh, Supreme Patty, look him up. Supreme Patty. Everybody who's listening, he's one of our boys. Six. I don't even know how many million followers. Five million followers. Four million followers. Okay, he's a great kid, real smart, but he got his start putting putting lime or lemon in his eyes and doing things. Playing dodgeball in public, so, you know, doing crazy stuff, but he's an influencer. He'll yeah. get paid thousands of dollars to show up at a club. He'll get paid thousands of dollars to say something. Great, fantastic. Everybody thinks that's easy to do. Patty's been at that for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so don't think that anybody who's got those kind of followers just did it overnight. It could happen relatively short if you hit the right stride, like Shamayev, the, the guy we're going to fight. Mm-hmm. Here's an example. Okay, so Patty has done it doing crazy shit over 10 years. Here's a guy who's done it legit, and, I mean, he hit it within months. Within six months, he went from unknown to millions of followers. Hamzat Shamayev, we're going to get ready to fight him uh, uh, April the 9th. Gilbert Burns against him in the next paid UFC, all right? This guy, only four fights in the UFC. Google him and you will go to YouTube, and they got documentaries on this guy. Why? He just hit it at the right time. He fought twice in 10 days. Then 30 days, he fights again. And then 30 days, he fought again. So he fought during COVID. He just told Dana White, put me up against anybody. I'll fight twice in one night. That thing, he's got a um, what looks like a hair lip, but it was from an accident. He's got, you know, he's Czechian, So he's got this, this accent, and he's kind of like, like, um, like uh, Khabib, he, he was, he's kind of funny the way he talks, but he's likable, kind of goofy looking, you know, shaves his head, big ears uh, and, and beard. So he's got this look that you go, and, and the look doesn't match the badass that he is. Mm. And then when he, when he speaks in broken English and he's a funny guy, he has this package and he's gone from nobody knowing him to being the, my guy, all right. Who's fought for the world title, who's three times world champion in, in, in uh, jiu jitsu? Badass. My guy's the underdog, three to one. Can wow. you believe? Can you believe? And this guy hasn't even fought one guy in the top 10. And my guy has gone through two divisions, banging, banging. The only loss in the last, I don't know how many years, only loss is to Kamara Usman, the champion. And my guy's the underdog. And it's social media driven. Hmm. So Hamza Shamaev hit hit that wave he did the right thing and just had the package hit the wave ufc puts him in front of people he says the right things he does the right things and the rest is history people love him and they say Gilbert Burns is a badass but back to Khamnav and they'll go do 30 minutes on Shemaev.
2: Hmm.
1: and that's an example of somebody who legitimately hit that social media he's no social media monster he just had the avenue And had the right personality, the right timing, the right organization. Bang. So you have those two types, both extremely rare, extremely rare. And people see that and go, oh, I'll do social media. Bro, good luck. So people already see the social media. I think that the the local clubs are going to come back. Mm -hmm. Look, we're losing principles and values in our society. We're losing them. Okay. Fitness is a principle-driven process. If you want to drop 10 pounds, I don't care how many millions you've got. I don't care who you know. I don't care. I don't care anything, bro. You got to hit this tarmac and it's 3,500 calories to a pound of fat. Thank you very much for you. And no matter who you are, it's for you. And you are even Stevens with that lady, even Stevens with that janitor. You're even Stevens with everybody. You have to show priority. You have to prioritize the process. You have to have delayed gratification because there ain't no prime bringing it tomorrow. I don't care how many millions you've got. You're not dropping the 10 pounds by tomorrow, okay? All right? You have to have uh, uh, um, priority. You have to have dedication. You have to have, you you got to hold on, perseverance. So you're teaching all these wonderful values that we've lost. What a great way to bring your kid to learn some values in a very organic process. And especially if you have a young man or a young woman that's got a little bit of experience, looks the part and is going to feed good stuff to your kid. What a great way to a place to have your wife at or your husband at or do it as a couple, let's go to the gym. Because the gym is not just a gym, bro. You know, that's why this 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 uh, virtual never got it for me. Never got it for me cuz what's a gym? A gym is a social club. Mhm. There, you get to see where you stack up in your age group, in your sex, in your socioeconomic class, how how do proud people walk? Mm -hmm. You're learning behavior, which is called a lifestyle. So if everybody is slouching in your office, you you slouch because who's going to call you out? But if you go into a gym where everybody's tall, tummy in, good posture, looking their best, acting their best, and over time, getting better because people see you week in and week out. You know, what what better what what better gang to belong to? What better okay. church to go to? And then if you look at the process of exercise, the spirit emotional process of exercise, bro, we can we can go on to that for for ages. And that's one thing we have to teach the trainers. Exercise is a dynamic form of prayer.
0: Mm, I like that. It? I've never heard that before.
1: It's And I can prove it to you. What is the process? Ultimately, when you're going and going and going and going, what happens? You breathe heavy, right? Well, what's that called? Okay, when you're dieting, you're starving. You're You're hypocaloric, you're starving. If you keep that up, you eventually die. So you're actually it's a controlled star starvation mm-hmm. up to a point where then you level off. Boom, boom. Okay. Intense exercise is voluntary suffocation. It's waterboarding. You're waterboarding yourself. Okay. It's burning at the muscle because of hydrogen, because the, uh, of the acidity level, it can, your, your muscle uh, pH can, can drop down in the fours. 7.2 is the normal blood pH. It can drop three points, man. That's like acid. So you're burning. What are the two things you can't do to any mammal, any animal? Because they'll jump off of, of, you know, buildings and and hills. and and Burn it or drown it. Suffocation and burning. Mm -hmm. We will run from that. We will jump to our deaths just not to feel that. Buddy, that is exercise. How do you like that shit? I love that. How do you like that? Okay, so if you can teach somebody how to be, okay, how to be in the presence of such stimulus, in the presence of such perception, burning and suffocation. If you can teach somebody to be there, relax your face is the biggest cue we have at IHP. Relax your face, be there. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not hard. It's not easy. You don't hate it. You don't love it. It just is. Create space without definition. Create space without levying a value on the experience. It is just now. This is what you're experiencing now. And crisis cannot live in the now because it's either you're alive or dead. Okay? So if you can have, let's say, 300 reps in a workout and over a week you have 900, let's say 1,000 reps and you're practicing present moment awareness for a thousand times in a week, you tell me how the hell you're not going to be a different person. Then on top of that, we have the pharmacy that opens up inside the body with effort. And you don't even have to exercise. You can just do deep, fast, fast breathing. Go like this. I, I, I did spiritual work with a breathing program. Mm. And they basically suffocate the shit out of you by having you breathe heavy, hard for about 20 minutes. And let me tell you, when you're done, the chemicals that are released, you're crying. If they start bringing stuff up, you're, you start to cry. You start to feel things that you never felt before.
0: It's like the Wim, the Wim Hof method.
1: You got Oh, God, Jesus. Yeah. You know, all right, all right. So commonalities, you know, relax the face. What comes from combat, don't show emotions, you know? And now the mouthpieces... That are used for lifters and so on. What are they? They put your mandible, they drop your mandible and push it forward. That's the relax the face posture. Mm. The antithesis is back and up. Well, that, what we know now, or we suspect blocks a bunch of cranial nerves that are responsible for respiration and all this other stuff. So you have the spirituality of the, you know, uh, um, Eckhart Tolle now, you know, the, the present moment, the now. Like Tolly became famous over that. Yeah, And you have also the pharmacy, the hormones, the endorphins, the CB. Now we have cabin, we have two that we know of cannabinoid receptors in the body. That means we make our own CBD. Mm. They were discovered in 2004. See cannabinoid receptors. we have at least two of them. So that means we make stuff in our bodies. That's how, that's how that, that uh, wildebeest can get taken down by lions. Half of his body's going, he's still moving. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. and you're like, dude, why are you not dead yet? Why are you not freaking out? Because he's full of this whatever the hell the body produces when you're being eaten alive. That allows you to be okay though your last few minutes. Hmm. It's crazy, bro. So if you look at that, clubs, and fitness fitness on personal training and gyms. Gyms are coming back. They're coming back because they're the church that we've lost. But no, you know, people don't go into churches because they're not religious. People don't go into uh, therapists because that's for weak people. People don't go to the psychiatrist because that's for crazy people. But everybody will walk into a gym. Little do they know that they're going to be learning the same lessons amen brother amen but when you do when you do that bro when you feel like that how can you not be jacked up how can you tell me that this is a young man sport shit ain't no young man thinking like that ain't no young man thinking like that that takes 60 years of hauling bro to come up with that
0: well there's no better person to make this so uh such a, a, a pristine and, and, and eloquent like conversation in and around this. I mean, I'm sitting here like feeling like I'm in the crowd again, listening to you speak 20 years ago. Um, there was one other thing that I wanted to touch on. If you can just, we, I know we're a little over your time and I appreciate you taking this time and furthering the conversation. I wanted to get touched on functional training. I talked about you being the first really to kind of spearhead functional training and making it more of a mass understood concept in fitness where did your understanding of functional training happen and where and how did it become such a passion and and part of your education platform
1: um and this has nothing to do with humility because it's it's just factual i didn't invent it and i didn't even i certainly didn't invent it and i don't even know if i revolutionized it because functional training has been here for a long time. They just didn't call it functional training, all right? Um, but if you want to use functional, the word functional, man, uh, um, Vern Gambetta. And, oh. and, 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 you know, Vern Gambetta was writing shit when I was in high school. That was like earth shattering. 1985, yeah. how, much strength, how much strength is enough? In 1982, again, another article. You know, the dude was, was talking about this when I was in college. Gary Gray. He is the mad daddy of functional training. He's the mad daddy. And before him, Vladimir Yanda, Mm. who talked about the chain reaction of the short source related to everything. So even even back in in the the 80s and 90s, people, I mean, Paul Cech, think of him what you will, and he's an eccentric guy, but he's a brilliant dude. He's one of those savants where maybe socially he's not the most apt person you know and he's abrasive sometimes and he's different but when it comes to this thing damn
0: yeah there's no
1: that dude forgets more in a minute than i've learned in (laughs) 20 years yeah it's insane
2: yeah
1: mark michael clark the same thing yeah talk about photo photo, uh, photographic memory so those guys were there banging it at, at the same time. I just hit it at the right time. And I had the, the a, a different personality that perhaps is a little bit more commercial, more socially accepted, if you will. Um, I also had the combination that I bring to the table, which is former athlete, I look a certain way, you know, bald, 200 plus 220 plus pounds. Uh, so I come across like, you know, former combat athlete, yada, yada, yada. Uh, pretty strong for, in my heyday. So th- believe it or not, that look, that persona, that history gives me a certain authentic- uh,
0: uh, authenticity with the coaches. Your it's- name as well. I want to say your name also. That doesn't suck, right? Yeah, it's- I remember like seeing you like on the calendar for coming in to speak, and speaking. I was like, the musician? <laughs> What's he doing here? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> is this going to be a concert or is it going to be like, right. a- you know? So yeah, so I had that. So I had the, the credentials, if you will, social and, and athletic credentials to sell functional training in a very, very hard and strong way to the strength coach mm-hmm. because functional training was popular among the non-strong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There was nothing, nobody who's was deadlifting four or 500 pounds and squatting four or 500 pounds and doing Olympic weightlifting that was going functional training is cool. No, all those guys, the Mike Stones of the world, the Kramers of the world, all those guys, functional training is bullshit. Then you had the other guys that never lifted functional training is everything. So I came in with a package that allowed me to hit a wider spectrum of the population with authenticity. I had my, my, my knowledge of anatomy and physiology, my educational knowledge. I had my rehab experience, rehabbing various injuries, so I could talk to the clinician, you know, and I had my, my football, combat, lifting, Olympic weightlifting, that I could talk to the coach. Yeah, that's great, but, but and I competed. I love the sport, but where in the sport, where in the training will you find this component of performance? Single leg, rotation, unilateral loading. Where, where is that? So, so can we say that it may be appropriate for general strength, but really not for special and specific strength? Can, can we say there's other better things? And when, once they go, go, yeah, boom, I got them. So, so why don't we use everything? Mm-hmm. And in comes the hybrid method of training that I've developed at IHP that, it, that incorporates everything from Pilates to yoga to functional training to rehab to Olympic weightlifting partials, you know, and and, and powerlifting partials and bodybuilding movements. It's all It's all fair and game. And we have a specific way that we can program to have everything blend according to your likes and dislikes and body and, and, and goals and, and, you know, and, and propensities, you know. Awesome. Uh, well, where can people find out more about you? IHPfit.com. And uh, if you look at, uh, you know, J.C. Santana, I'm sure that if you if you hit that, um, you will see social media out the wazoo.
2: I don't know about uh,
1: I, yeah. I,
0: I, I, we'll, IHP, we'll, IHPfitness.com is your website and we will put the uh, link to your Instagram and uh, the social presence on there as well. Would you um, kind of leave us with, a, a, you've left with so much information and education and, and super inspired uh, as I've always been in your presence with one parting words of wisdom, something that you can leave us with that gives us again, a lot of hope, inspiration during a time that may be challenging for many.
1: Yeah, guys, look, Everybody who's on this side of the camera that seems bigger than life, they're not. They're people just like you, all right? They, they have their, their strengths. They have their weaknesses. They have their fears. They might not admit them, but they have their fears. Your fears may be $20 fears. Their fears are $20 million fears. They're still fears. And on a 1 to 10, it's still a 9 for both people. So who cares what, how many zeros are involved? That's just an example of money. Everything else, insecurities with relationship, insecurity with the way they look. Everybody, they're just people. So number one, don't be in awe and just don't believe everything they say because they're they're on the other side of the camera. That's number one. Number two, if you're going to, if you're looking for shit, trust me, this world has plenty of it. It has shitty people. It has shitty processes. Life is not fair. It's, it's, It's a bearing of the cross from here to there. Every once in a while, you cross a bridge of happiness. It is what it is. It's just a struggle. Okay, And in between the struggles are lessons, Okay, many times satisfactory lessons, sometimes painful lessons, but that's how you evolve. So if you choose to see the half, you know, I always argue with my girlfriend. She, she goes, you're an optimist. I'm unrealist. I go, wait a minute. So the half full in the glass, that's not reality? <laughs> no, the reality is you have a glass and this much air and this much water. That's the reality. What reality do you want to focus on? The one that's full of air that you can't quench the thirst or the one that has water that you can quench thirst. I choose the water. Is there plenty of air in this world? Hell yeah. Plenty of unfair things that happen. You know, why do kids have to die at two years of age? Why do they get cancer? Why do good people die? Why do the good people go bankrupt? And why do shitty people uh, have millions and seem to live forever? We never know. But you can't concentrate on that because you become bitter and toxic. Okay. So concentrate on what you can control. You can control tomorrow. You can control right now. You can control your actions. You can control what you are planning to do tomorrow, but you can't control tomorrow actually showing up because today could be your last day. Mm. So basically plan like you're going to live forever and live like you're going to die tomorrow. And see the half full in your life and you're going to live a good life. Leave the place a little better than you found it. Everywhere. When you go to the, when you go to the bathroom in, at the airport, okay, leave it a little better than you found it. So when you wash your hands, boom, if there's a little piece of paper that you can grab with the paper that you just used, take that little piece of paper and throw it away with yours, okay? Just do it, because that's a habit-forming behavior, and that's just an indication and symbolic of everything you touch will be better because you touched it. Live like that.
0: Wow. Awesome. Listen, I am so appreciative beyond measure of your time, your commitment to the industry, your vulnerability and authenticity in this conversation. I've learned so much more about you than I had known before. I value you as my educator, as a mentor and as a friend. So thank you for being here and thank you for sharing your wisdom with our, with our guests. Thank you for having me. You too are my teacher, because every
1: question you ask me forces me to reevaluate what I think, formulate what I'm going to say, and that's always a learning. That's always a,
0: a learning process. So thank you for educating me. Thank oh, it's, me into your space. Thank you. I appreciate you, and thank you everybody for listening. If this was a value to you, please rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a comment. That would be much appreciated by my guests and I so that others can listen to this and be value, get the value that you are getting. And please share it on social media or anywhere that you find that others will be able to listen to this inspirational and educational experience. Until next time, stay healthy and fit.